Starwalker Studios presents Age of Gaming, your podcast dedicated to video games, present and future, and celebrating the journey of gamer culture from your mom's basement to the mainstream. This episode is brought to you by the patrons of Age of Gaming. Learn how you can support the show by becoming a patron at getjoyride.com slash ageofgaming. Greetings, gamer, and welcome to episode 5 of the Age of Gaming podcast. I'm your host, Lex Starwalker. Today, I'll talk a bit about Infamous Second Son on PlayStation 4. Hello, listener. Welcome back to the show. I'm so glad you tuned in for another episode of Age of Gaming. I'm very excited to talk about some of my favorite video games today. I thought I would start out the episode by just sharing with you what I've been playing the last week. I've been playing a bit of Dragon Age Inquisition, and I did a whole episode about my initial impressions of Dragon Age Inquisition. And I am planning on revisiting that game once I've finished it. I'm on my second character. The first character I played, I think about 12 or 13 hours. And then I made a new character. And I'm now, I think about 14 or 15 hours in on that character. And as far as my feelings about the game up to this point... So far, I pretty much agree with everything I said in my extensive review of the game. Um, The jury is still out for me. I feel like I'm still very early into the story. I know there are people just ranting and raving about this game online. And so maybe I'm just not to the cool part yet. So far, I haven't been super impressed with it. The size of the world is fairly impressive, although, you know, I don't think it's that amazing compared to other ps4 games i've played the story i don't know i i find the the very tropic fantasy stories like dragon age very tiresome i've been reading fantasy since i was in middle school so i've read it all before uh there's nothing groundbreaking or different about dragon age's version of fantasy to me It's very much steeped in the religion of the game, which I'm not a huge fan of. People that are more into fantasy or less tired of the same plain Jane vanilla fantasy that we've had for decades now may be a little bit more forgiving of the lack of originality in the story than I am. However, you know, so far the story has not been amazing enough to me to kind of override the inherent clunkiness of the combat and gameplay and the amount of time I'm spending crafting and figuring out what gear to give to what characters and advancing the characters, which is all kind of boring and tiresome and, you know, time I'd much rather be spending actually playing the game. Because again, it's kind of like playing like an MMO only having four or more characters to deal with. (laughs) 
as opposed to one. And uh, especially for me, because I don't always use the same NPCs. It depends on what I'm doing, where I'm at, what kind of mission I'm doing. I, I may use different ones. So then, you know, I have more than, what is it, three other characters other than my character that I need to keep properly equipped and craft items for and make sure their skills are advanced and figure out, you know, which skills I want for which character and that and just talking to NPCs every once in a while. And I just feel like every time I I play Dragon Age, half the time I'm in the game is spent doing this really tedious stuff that, that I don't find terribly fun. But like I said, the jury's still out. Uh, I have talked to some people that are much further in the game than me, and they assure me that the story gets better and more engaging the farther you get. So I've actually, the last couple of times I've been playing, I've been focusing on just doing the things to get ahead in the story. I, I tend to be a completionist, and I've been doing a lot in the hinterlands and just trying to get everything done in that area. And a friend of mine recommended to me that I not do that and I instead, you know, get as far in the story as I can because the game gets a lot better later on. So that's what I've been trying to do. So again, the jury's out. I may end up loving the game, but so far I'm not nearly as impressed with it as everybody else seems to be. And it's interesting. I've, I've gotten some pushback from people about my review and I just have to say if you only want to hear reviews from from fanboys that have nothing but good things to say about a thing what's the point of even listening to a review right I mean I personally don't value a review from someone who has nothing critical to say about something or from someone who has nothing good to say about something because both of those are extremes And there are very few things out there that you could review that are either all good or all bad. And when I hear a review from someone who is that polarized, I tend to think that I can't really trust what they're saying because their viewpoint is so skewed that um, unless I I happen to have the same skewed viewpoint, I'm probably not going to find their review terribly useful. So personally, I prefer a much more middle of the road review, which I feel is what my review of Dragon Age was. Now, for instance, my review of The Last of Us was much more, I pretty much liked everything about that game. And I don't know, maybe that makes me a fanboy, but I just thought it was an excellent game. And there's uh, lots and lots of people that agree with me because that game won tons of awards. But Dragon Age, there's good and there's bad. There is a lot to do in that game. It's a huge world. Um, However, there is nothing innovative or new about it. And like I said, the combat's pretty clunky. And if you're actually trying to engage with the NPCs and and all that stuff, you're spending a lot of time sitting there listening to people talk or reading things, um, which I don't find terribly fun in a video game. I've also actually been playing a bit of Destiny, which may surprise you, especially if you've listened to my Guardians of Destiny podcast that I did for a while, because I was uh, one of the many people that were very let down by that game however i did pre-order both of the expansions which was definitely a mistake but i learned from it so um the first expansion has come out so since i already paid for it i figured i would play it i do very much enjoy the gameplay of destiny it's great to just have a beer and go into destiny and shoot some things the gameplay aspects as far as how your character moves and your mobility and how the weapons handle and fire and all that stuff is a lot of fun in Destiny. The problem with Destiny is the utter lack of story and the relatively small amount of stuff that there is to do. 
and the expansion has not improved any of that at all. It doesn't really add much story at all to the game. Nikki and I sat down, I think it was just this weekend, and played through all of the new story missions. It took us about an hour tops. I don't think it was even an hour. And during that time, we spent far more time uh, waiting for things to load and sitting in orbit or traveling from the tower to whatever planet we were going to or handing things in at the tower than we actually spent in the missions. The missions were actually very disappointingly short. In fact, every one we were like at the end of the mission, we were like, that was it. That was the mission. And there's only um, three actual story missions that the expansion adds. And then after that, you have, you know, there's some bounties that you can do, but they're not actual missions. And uh, yeah, very underwhelming, especially for the price tag. Now, you're also getting another strike and you're getting another raid. However, you know, raiding isn't for everybody. I'm not a fan of it personally. And uh, one strike is, is pretty underwhelming, too. So again, if Destiny the game cost $30, I'd say it was a great game. If this expansion was either just part of the game, which it should have been, or maybe cost me $5, I might say it was okay. But considering the price tags on these things, definitely not worth it to me. Now, you know, if you're curious about Destiny, I would recommend that you keep an eye on it. Um, this is a great time of year for sales. And if you can grab the game for 30 bucks, I'd say go for it. But I wouldn't pay 60 for it. I've also been playing uh, some Resogun, which I am loving. And talk about bang for your buck. There's a game that pays out. <laughs> that is actually worth what you pay for it. And I've also been playing some more of Tomb Raider. I believe it's Ultimate Edition on PS4 and really loving that. And uh, I'm like... I'm still only like 10% of the way through the game and there's already been more story than there is in the entirety of Destiny. So, so there you go. I want to send a quick shout out to Mr. Danny Hernandez who shared a very awesome tip with me that I wanted to pass on to you. So I've talked about on previous episodes about how, you know, I recommend buying the physical disc of a game so that you can share it with uh, family members or or friends that you live with. Um, If you have multiple PlayStation 4s, I said that, you know, if you buy a, a game on the PlayStation Store, that you can only play it in your account. So, for instance, my wife, if she wants to play a game that I bought, she has to be logged into my account and then I can't be logged into my account Well, it turns out that that's not exactly true. There's actually a way that you can share a game that you buy on the PlayStation Store with one other person. And I will have a link to an article that explains exactly how to do that on the show notes at StarWalkerStudios.com. But I will go over it with you really quickly. It's really easy to do. So let's say that you have a game And let's say that your spouse uh, has a a PlayStation 4 as well and you want your spouse to be able to play your game on their account. What you do is you go on to your spouse's PlayStation. You log in with your account on their PlayStation. You go to the settings and then in settings, you go to the PlayStation Network PSN settings and then you select 
activate as your primary PS4. And then you activate your spouse's PlayStation as your primary PS4. I think you have to download the game on your account on the PlayStation. But then once you've downloaded it, they will be able to go into their account and they will be able to play the game on their account and and earn trophies on their account and everything like that. And then if they have games that they want to share with you, they would do the same thing. Your spouse would just log in on your PlayStation under their account. They would go into the settings, PlayStation Network, activate as your primary PS4. Then in their account on your PlayStation, they would download the games that they have and then you will be able to log in in your account on your PlayStation and play their games. And Nikki and I tested it a little bit, and it does look like you can actually play the game at the same time. So I had gotten The Last of Us, so I went on Nikki's PlayStation and activated her PlayStation as my primary PlayStation, downloaded The Last of Us, and then she went into her account on her PlayStation, started playing it, and then I went into my account on my PlayStation and started playing it, and we were able to do that. Now, I am guessing that in a game like, for instance, Destiny, where there's a lot more that's server-side and the game is actually online, that you may not be able to do that, play at the same time, but I'm not sure. So that's awesome. Definitely will save us quite a bit of money in the future because we only have to buy games once if we both want to play them. So thank you so much, Danny, for that tip. And again, I will have the tutorial on exactly how to do that with screenshots and everything It's super easy on the show notes at starwalkerstudios.com. And one other thing, if you do this and, for instance, you're wanting to do this for your spouse and you've already activated your PlayStation as your primary PS4, you will have to first deactivate your PlayStation. So it's kind of counterintuitive, actually, how this works. But I've tried it, and it definitely works, and it's awesome. So at this point, I don't know that there's really a huge reason to buy the physical disc anymore other than if you want to save a few bucks and buy it used and then if you want to one day you know sell it back but you don't save a lot of money buying it used and you don't get a lot back for selling it back so once you figure in the cost of gas of driving to wherever you're gonna have to buy it from I, i think it might just be worth the convenience just to download it but i guess that's your decision Today, I wanted to talk about another game I really like on PlayStation 4 called Infamous Second Son. Now, when I first got my PlayStation 4 back in August, I did some research and read reviews trying to find what people considered to be the best games on PlayStation 4. It'd been a while since I had a console. This was the first time I had like the cutting edge console of the time. So I wanted to get what were regarded as the best games. I wanted to see what this console could do. And so pretty much everywhere I went, people said the three best games were The Last of Us Remastered, Infamous Second Son, and Resogun. So I got The Last of Us first. I've already talked about that. And the next one of the big three, as I call them, that I got was Infamous Second Son. And so this is an open world action adventure game. It's only available on PS4. And if you have a PS4, this is a great game to get and to play on PS4. The game has excellent graphics, great animations, great audio. The motion capture is pretty good as well. The story in Infamous is okay. It's pretty straightforward and tropic. 
there's nothing groundbreaking or especially evocative in the story. However, there is a story, unlike, say, Destiny. But the story is not nearly as good as a game like, say, The Last of Us. But it's okay. However, the game is a lot of fun. You feel very powerful zipping around the city, blowing shit up left and right. It's great, great fun. Um, the structure of the game is very similar to games like Batman Arkham City or any of the games in that trilogy that, that you may have played in that you have this open world, which in Infamous is the city of Seattle, and you have numerous story missions you can do that will advance you through the story. You also have all kinds of side missions you can do, and you can also just run around fighting crime, blowing shit up if you want to. Uh, I really like this style of game because during any given session, I can choose to advance through the story if I want, or I can just fuck around. And either way, I'll be gaining power for my character and unlocking new abilities, which is really awesome. I love the fidelity of the graphics in this game. I love that it's set in Seattle. Having lived in Seattle myself and being quite homesick for it right now, there were or are, I should say, I'm still playing it. There are many places in the game that I recognize, and that's awesome. For instance, climbing to the top of the Space Needle was super cool. So if you're a resident or a fan of Seattle, you have to play this game. I also love the comments that NPCs make as you pass by. Whether your character is good or evil, some of the comments are just downright hilarious and crack me up. Uh, This game is uh, an M for mature game, which are, you know, I I do play some games that aren't rated M, but my favorite games are always rated M. I'm an adult. I want to play adult games and uh, I want to hear people talking the way that people really talk and not censored. And this game is really great and hilarious. I love it. This game is all about freedom, which I love. I love just exploring the city, fighting whatever foes I come across. Or if I'm in a more kind of serious goal-oriented mode or mood, I can focus on clearing a specific area. I like that through the game, you're progressively retaking the city. So it's really cool because you can kind of see your progress within a given neighborhood of the city, how far you've gotten in retaking that area. And you can also see your progress over the city as a whole, how many areas you've retaken. And and I really like that. That's, That's really cool. Placing graffiti around the city is kind of fun, at least for the first few times. It's kind of a cool little twist in the game, Uh, but it seems kind of irrelevant to the game overall. It's somewhat relevant to your character because that's kind of like your character's thing. But as far as the game itself, it doesn't really seem to have anything to do with anything. And also, I find the fact that there are good and evil graffitis that you can do uh, that seems really silly and, and forced. Like they just had to have another way for you to earn the, the blue and the red karma. And, and I'll talk a bit more about karma later. I really like the different powers that you can unlock and the different types of powers. For instance, smoke and neon. So you start the game out with smoke powers and then later on you gain access to neon powers. And I really like how that's handled because I felt like just when I... I'd gotten all my smoke abilities and I felt like I'd kind of mastered smoke and and I might have started getting a little bored with it. Um, I got access to neon and I like that eventually you can switch between them back and forth, which is really cool. 
My only criticism of this would be that there are quite a few abilities that are kind of analogous or similar between, for instance, Smoke and Neon. And I would have preferred that all the abilities be unique, but this is really a minor complaint. Now, let's talk about the morality mechanic, what's called karma in the game. There are things that I like and things that I don't like about this. So basically, the way this works in the game is you basically you have two ways that you advance your character in the game. The first way is actually getting your skill points. So like so many games these days, you have uh, different skill trees that you unlock and you can get different abilities in, in those trees. And the way that you get the points to get those abilities is by sucking energy out of things. There are like these generator things in the game that you find that you can suck energy out of. There are these drones flying around that you can suck energy out of. And anytime you suck some of that energy, you get basically a skill point that you can turn around and and get a skill with. Now, certain skills cost a certain amount of skill points, so sometimes you'll have to save them up for a while to get the next thing that you want. And certain skills have a level requirement. So you got to be level two or whatever to get this particular skill. And then the way your levels work is, again, like so many games, you basically have levels and you basically have XP. But your XP in this game is what is called karma. And there are two types of karma, red and blue or evil and good. And so basically the game kind of forces you to choose a path for your character. You're either going to be a, you know, cliched hero who does good things or you're going to be a cliched villain who does evil things. You can do either. It doesn't matter as far as, you know, you can choose either. So let's say you choose to be a hero and you're going to do good things. So then anytime you do something good, you earn blue karma, which is basically your XP that levels you. And again, you know, you want to level because certain abilities have a level requirement. However, if you're playing a good character, anytime you do something evil, you will earn red karma, which for you as a good character is basically like earning negative XP, right? So every time you do something evil, whether on purpose or by accident, you're slowing your progress because it's canceling out some of your actual XP. So for instance, if you're playing a good character, one of the ways you can earn red karma is by killing civilians. So you might blow up a tank or something and accidentally kill some civilians in the process so you're earning negative xp for that which is slowing your progression if you're playing an evil character it works the exact same way only everything's reversed and red karma is the good karma for you and blue karma would be like your negative xp so that's kind of cool um what i don't like about it is i don't like how polarized and black and white the morality is I mean, you really can't role play your guy (laughs) because any choices you make that aren't aligned with whatever side of that black or white morality scale you're on are going to slow your progression through your abilities. So you basically, as far as from a mechanics point of view, you need to choose either good or evil and you need to stick with that if you don't want to be earning negative XP or slowing your progress towards gaining your levels and unlocking your abilities. Trying to play a more realistic kind of middle of the road character will actually slow your progression in the game and basically penalize you as far as the mechanics of the game are concerned. 
So from a mechanics point of view, you're much better off doing one extreme or the other, which pretty much eliminates any possibility of actually role-playing a character and what would my character do, because you basically want to either always pick the evil thing or always pick the good thing, whichever whichever side you're on. Now, I understand this from a mechanics point of view, but from an RP or story point of view, I find it very unsatisfying because, again, I I can't play what I feel is a a realistic character unless I want to be penalized for it as far as the mechanics of the game. Also, I I think this kind of black and white morality, this kind of outlook is really old-fashioned and out of date and and very oversimplistic. I don't know that it really fits into kind of our you know, collective consciousness these days. So I really hope that in the future we see less and less of this in modern games. Um, as I, I don't really think it has a place in our world anymore. And, uh, you know, again, from a, from a mechanics game design point of view, I, I understand that it could get a little more difficult to make things more complicated, but I, I think we have the technology to do so. It, it just kind of seems like laziness to, to stick with this very black and white kind of morality. Now, I was curious. I, I The first time I started playing the game, I played a good character. But, you know, I found it kind of a drag. Like, every time, you know, I wanted to, like, say, take out a tank. You know, sometimes you just kill civilians by accident because, you know, right when you shoot your rocket at the tank, some idiot, like, walks by it or something and, and gets blown up. And you're earning negative XP for that. It's slowing you down. So I thought, well, maybe it would just be easier just to play an evil character because then I don't have to worry about it. I can just kill everybody I want. So I went and made an evil character and played a bit with that. And I was pleased to find out that as far as the difficulty of playing through the game, it seems pretty well balanced, the good versus evil. So again, if you're playing a good character, you have to worry about accidentally killing people, which will set you back. However, it's not all gravy with an evil character because you don't have to worry about killing people anymore, but the police hate you. And, and so with a good character, in the beginning, the police are not fans of you. But once you kind of earn a few levels and, and people see you as a hero, the police like leave you be and they don't bother you. But with the evil character, everywhere you go and there's any police, they're shooting at you all the time. So especially uh, there are parts of the game where you basically do drug busts and you find drug dealers and you take them out to like earn some experience and everything. And, uh, you know, if you're trying to do that with an evil character, it's much more difficult because not only do you have to fight the drug dealers who are usually really well armed, but you also have to fight the police at the same time. So I thought that was cool that it that it seemed fairly balanced as far as, you know, evil isn't easier than good, which I which I thought was cool. Overall, I am really enjoying the game. Um, I'll definitely have to give you an update on it once I finished it. I think the gameplay is a lot of fun. I really love the open world aspect of the game. And I want to note that this is a real open world game. Unlike a game like Destiny, which claims to be open world, but it really isn't. In Infamous, you really can go anywhere that you can see. There are invisible walls that will kill you if you cross them like there are in Destiny. However, I do find the black and white morality system tiresome, and I do think it does somewhat lessen the enjoyment of this otherwise excellent game. However, it does work with the mechanics in an interesting way. And one thing I I don't think I mentioned is you actually, there are some abilities that you can only get if you're good and abilities you can only get if you're evil. So um, it does have some effect on what powers you have, which is kind of cool. 
I'm not sure if it's enough that I would want to replay the game with the opposite morality just to see the handful of different powers I would get. I'm not sure. But the game is a lot of fun, so I might. I'm not one to really replay games usually. So The other thing about the, the kind of simplified black and white morality is it does fit in with the oversimplified worldview that is so common in comic books which you know this game is very much like being in a comic book so if you're into that kind of thing then you may really enjoy it and you may not even find that the morality thing is an issue for you however for someone like me who enjoys um, role-playing and story elements in games it does kick you out of the story a bit the story itself could be better, but it's not bad. Again, it's very tropic and simple and, again, comic book-like. But, you know, a lot of people like that kind of thing. Just don't expect anything like the depth of a game like The Last of Us. Most importantly, though, this game is a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, that's what's most important. And this is also a great example of why the PlayStation 4 is awesome and why it's a huge step up from the PlayStation 3. So I highly recommend Infamous Second Son if you haven't already played it. If you enjoyed uh, Batman Arkham City, you'll probably like this game because it's structured in a very similar way. It's just a lot of fun. The, the abilities you get, your superpowers are a lot of fun. You have a lot of mobility. You can move through the city very quickly. You can just obliterate tons of enemies at once. Um, it's a lot of fun. You get to feel very powerful and have a lot of fun exploring this, this beautiful, very richly detailed world of Seattle. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of Age of Gaming. I thank you so much for tuning in. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at ageofgamingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Google+. Just search for Lex Starwalker. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lex Starwalker. Please visit our website, starwalkerstudios.com. And if you enjoy the show and you'd like to see the show continue, please support the show. Uh, A great way you can do so is to visit our Joyride page and become a patron of the show there at getjoyride.com slash ageofgaming. You can uh, set an amount that you donate to us every month. You can set any amount that you want. Um, There are rewards and thank yous at at various levels that that you can earn. If you'd feel more comfortable just giving a one-time donation, we do have a donate button on our website at starwalkerstudios.com. And you can also use our Amazon referral links, which you'll find in the show notes. And you can just click on that. It'll take you to Amazon. You can buy whatever you want to buy. It's not going to add anything to your cost, uh, but it will help us out a bit. And you can find all this and more at StarWalkerStudios.com. So once again, thank you so much for listening and thank you for supporting the show and supporting StarWalker Studios. Until next time, respawn and get back in there, gamer. This has been a Starwalker Studios production, your source for quality gaming and hobby podcasts. This episode's music provided by Clown Dubstep and Mind Cleaner. Please see the show notes for details at starwalkerstudios.com slash ageofgaming. Age of Gaming is made possible thanks to the support of listeners like you. Learn how you can become a patron of the show at getjoyride.com slash ageofgaming. It's time to run.
Yeah.